Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for your patience. We were away for a week. Life changes got in the way, but it's fine <laughs> because it's a new era of Ask Me About K-Pop now. Yeah, um, the, the business bitch era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard the news, this is my only job now. Just throwing that out <laughs> up top. So, yay. Uh, thanks to everybody who this supports the... This is a fact the... we are celebrating. <laughs> yes, it is a celebration. Thanks, as always, to the Patreon patrons for being my employers <laughs> for now. Um, but anyway, uh, today we're returning to K-pop college, as one of the listeners <laughs> referred to it when we did two silly episodes in a row. That it doesn't always have to be K-pop college. But today it has to be K-pop college. Because if I don't do research, it doesn't justify any of this. Well, actually, <laughs> I have a bit of a wrench to throw into that plan. Because I have another reason why it's worth doing this. And it comes as a surprise from our dear alikes. What? So please excuse me while I... <laughs> Take your microphone away. <laughs> What's happening? Um, there, I received a message earlier this week uh, from our dear Discord mod, Mara, who said that uh, in honor of your, your new life change, our alikes wanted to show you some deep and sincere appreciation for all of the work that you do pouring into this podcast. So there may be some other things happening tomorrow or in the next few days, but for now, I have an audio montage oh of God. different voice notes sent in, which Mara lovingly put together for us and sent me this morning. I don't Would have you any like tissues to near me. <laughs> <laughs> Go get some tissues. Let me get and my tissues. I'll... Oh, no. <laughs> I got a really big box. Okay, perfect. You're gonna need it. <laughs> oh no. All right. Are you ready? I think so. I'm turning my volume up. Okay, so the whole thing is about 11 minutes. Oh shit. If you would like <laughs> me to pause it at any point, just flag me down. Okay. And I'll stop it, okay? okay. I am sharing my sound. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hello, it's your number one fan, Slowpoke Megan. And I just wanted to say to you guys that I love you and appreciate you so much. Of course, you already know this, but I feel like I can't ever say it enough to truly thank you both for how much you've been there for me through the good times, the bad times, and all of the times in between. I was just thinking about how, you know, when I started listening to your podcast, I was 19. I think I had just turned 19. And now I'm almost 22. And I work in podcasting now. And I would have never thought that that would be the thing that I would be doing. I kind of just thought that podcasts would be something that I listen to, like yours. But 
luckily I was inspired and able to make a career out of it, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I'm learning from you guys all of the time. Seriously, I feel like I've grown as a person since getting into your podcast and I just feel like I've become a better person with you, alongside you. I've learned more about myself. I've become healthier as a person and I can't thank you enough for being there for me when I felt like I had no one else. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about how in about a month we'll be meeting and I just started off as like a casual listener and now I'm now I'm the number one fan and I get to meet you for my birthday that's incredible we're gonna have a lot of fun and I really I say this all the time but I can't wait to see what you guys do in the future and the opportunities that you'll get you two are incredible and you are my inspiration Hi, Shannon and Angelica. Newly converted here, converted by you, a podcast that I started out of curiosity and I stayed because I really enjoy it and now I'm a shower. So that's, you know, shiny entered my world. Thanks to you and thanks to a friend. So thank you for that. And this year and a half or something has been tough between like the pandemic, the lockdown, writing my uh, doctoral thesis and I've been listening to your content all along and really enjoyed it and loved it out loud and that was great. So I'm grateful to you and I hope you have an excellent day. Bye from Maggie. Hi, it's Jenna. I am grateful to y'all for so many things. You've been by my side through lonely times and sad times and especially happy times. I think what I'm most grateful for is you brought Seventeen into my life and they bring me pretty much endless joy. Sometimes a little bit of distress, but mostly joy. And you also have helped me not love Shiny alone. It's just so nice to be a fan with other fans and I'm so grateful that you all have created not only a great podcast but a community of great people you're doing an awesome job I love you both talk to you later hey Angelica and Shannon uh, Noemi here sending good vibes from the Midwest I wanted to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the two of you and AMAK um, I discovered the podcast recently when I was looking for things to listen to on what was unfortunately a not-so-pleasant trip out of state. Binge listening to AMAK really helped me get through that. It was, frankly, an incredibly stressful time. And bonus, my husband, who's always been sort of affectionately bemused by my hobby, had to listen to the podcast so much in the car that even he was getting into it, um, especially the Scandal Valentine special from the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> that one's a gem. So thank you for making me laugh and for getting some K-pop hooks into my other half. Um, most of all, thank you for creating such an awesome community around AMAK. As an American woman in my mid-30s, there aren't a lot of people around me that share a love of K-pop, but listening to and supporting AMAK these days I really feel like I've found my people. So thank you and lots of love. Hi ladies, this is Susie. We're doing a positive project this week. So I wanted to share a little anecdote. 
the other week my mom and I went for a walk down the main street near where my parents live and I realized that along that stretch of road I can so clearly hear your voices in my head and I guess when I was living at my parents place last summer for a few months I listened to the podcast a lot while walking the dogs and now I associate that landscape with like happy k-pop yelling um and I definitely yelled back uh, at least once uh, to myself out loud um I know my dogs were a little shocked but um luckily it's there's not that many people that live around there it's mostly forest so there was no one to be like who is this small woman and what is this exo she keeps yelling about um anyway I just wanted to say that the memory made me think of how grateful I am to have the AMAC podcast especially last year when there was limited social interaction. I think we were all in need of friendly voices in our lives. So, yeah, I'm sending love and and happy K-pop thoughts, and uh, I guess we'll hear from you soon. Bye for now. Hey, Shannon and Helica, this is Chris in San Francisco. And as you figured out by now, um, some of us wanted to send our votes of love and appreciation for you guys um especially at a time where you know some people might suck and make you feel unappreciated i know for myself you guys helped me out at a time where i certainly felt unappreciated i i was at the brink of losing some friendships that i've had for close to 30 years over like a really sad high school burn book kind of situation and so talk about not feeling appreciated so one thing that I did was really get it start to get it to k-pop which my friends don't really care for I dove in and bought a single ticket to go see Red Velvet in Pasadena I couldn't even tell you their names at the time to be honest um and I rented a car and drove down um, from San Francisco to go see them. Listen to hours of Ask Me About K-pop. So that was a great start to what's now like my addiction. And thank you for that. For thank you for the addiction. Having folks that were born before 1990 um, as folks that I could relate to a little more. I'm a little older than you guys, as you probably figured out. Yeah, I keep imagining that if we were in high school together, that maybe you guys were the cool girls that maybe I wouldn't talk to you, but then we would find out that we have this common thing that we both, that the three of us like, and suddenly I can maybe sit with you guys and talk about it, or at least not ignore each other in the hallway. I don't know. Anyway, um, the good news is that my friends, they were petty and they copped to being petty and figured out that we're adults and As adults, friends don't come easy anymore, and we have to work to keep them, and we have to show our appreciation. And I think you're finding, I think, over social media the last few days, as well as, you know, through your listeners, that you are loved, you are appreciated, and you really make a difference in our lives. And in my life, you really did keep me company on long (laughs) k-pop related road trips uh red velvet to bts i know bts i yeah i i hope that if we ever meet in real life that you know you can say you can sit with us like sunmi says 
<laughs> anyway, until that happens, um, just know your listeners really do love you. We do appreciate you, and you really make a difference in our lives. And and we're rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. <laughs> all right, take care. Hello, Shannon and then Halika. This is Marah. Um, and I just want you guys to know that I love you so much and I appreciate you so much. Um, from all these voice notes coming in, like I'm sure you can tell how much we just genuinely love you and how you guys have helped us out in like shit times and happy times, all the times. And I know you guys made me feel like I have company with me when things were hard and gave me that much needed distraction. So I really appreciate you. And I know it, having a podcast is not easy, but you guys <laughs> make it seem fun and you make it seem easy. And I'm so thankful. Um, I'm also extremely grateful for this small community you have created of amazing people. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but we have an entertainment company called Alikes Entertainment. I'm the CEO, but I've been banished to the dungeons, which is fine. Um, but we are trying to save idols and recruit idols. So let me know if you're interested. But yeah, um, I just want to say thank you and I love you. And if anyone ever makes you feel like shit, you let me know, okay? Okay, please come to Dubai as well. Love you. Hi, it's Michaela or Squiddlebees on the server. And I just want to say thank you so much for making the podcast the way that you do um it's meant a lot to me over the past couple of years and honestly I'm jealous because I want to make a podcast too but I don't have anybody who loves the things that I really love who could sit and talk with me for you know 30 minutes on that topic every week so I love what you guys have together and I'm really grateful for you sharing it with us um and making a space for us to Find some people who love what we love, too. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Thank you for everything. And um, I wish you guys the best. Bye. Oh, just a little, a little token of appreciation. That was so nice. <laughs> you guys are so nice. Um, thank you for taking the time to do that. I needed it. Um, and I don't know, I'm just very grateful. I'm very grateful for all of you. I would not have quit my job to do this if I didn't. Like, because you guys. Because you guys. And I'm so grateful to be part of your memories. And I love that you guys feel like we're friends. We are friends. And we are sitting at the same k-pop table together um that was just so nice that was so nice i don't know i know i uh, it's just so lovely i knew it would just feel like a warm hug and there are there is uh some people didn't want to because they knew that they would that we would play the montage Mm -hmm. or the voice notes in the um in the episode so there are some people who who didn't want to share their story with the world but wanted to share it with us um so there are some some emails en route as well um and those will just be just for you that's uh thank you thank you guys so much i don't even know how to properly say thank you um but thank you it's just just the encouragement we need 
to take this <laughs> podcast to the next level. <laughs> next. Next level. level. <laughs> All right, oh. we're going to take a break so Shannon can wipe her face. <laughs> and then you. we'll be back with our K-pop college. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Thank you again. That was really nice. Okay, so what we're doing for actual today, what I thought we were doing today. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so blindsided. Okay, what I prepared The original plan. <laughs> was I thought it would be interesting to take a look at who the first groups or solo artists were at like a handful of major companies like mm-hmm. just to see who started them and when I started looking it up it was not people that I expected or had heard much about so I thought that would be an interesting thing to take a dive into um so I started with like our major big four big five and then like went through looking for companies that had some kind of brand identity and had debuted like more than five groups and hadn't been bought and sold a million times in a confusing way mm-hmm. so i think i have 13 on the Great. list lucky number 13 and they are in order of when the company was established so Perfect. to start off in 1989 sm entertainment was founded and just for in case you've never ever heard any of these episodes before sm entertainment has the likes of hot super junior girls generation xo nct shiny red velvet stuff like that that's sm entertainment but their first artist was a soloist named hyun jin young and hyun jin young grew up near a u.s army base which is apparently where he learned to rap and got Mm -hmm. very into american music so Lee Suman cast him to be his very first artist at his new entertainment company. So on April 1st, 1990, Hyun Jin Young and Wawa, that was the like, he was always marketed as Hyun Jin, huh, Hyun Jin Young and Wawa. And Wawa were just two backup dancer boys who changed and were different boys all the time. But they were Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, his first debut album was called New Dance, and the main single was called Sexy Lady. There was another single from this album called Sad Mannequin as well, and I put performances of both in the playlist. And I have to talk about the sexy lady stage. Yes, please. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. If you don't watch (laughs) anything from this episode, I need you guys to watch it because... We have Hyunjin Young. He's wearing like a vest with too big of a collar and Wawa has like blue tracksuits on or something. Mm -hmm. But then, and they're doing their like running man dances so hard. Yeah. And then there are like seven dudes in plain clothes. All in white. At the back of the stage who are not dancers, who do not know the dance and are just dancing kind of. Yeah. The whole time. They're just bee-bopping around back there. One of them is giving it his all. And he's doing the, like, two 
like fast feet moves that he knows over and over. Mm-hmm. The two guys on the corner are like laughing to each other and like having a conversation <laughs> on the stage behind them. I couldn't believe I got so distracted by them. There was a good portion of that video I didn't even watch. No, Wawa how could you? Or Hyunjin Won. Because <laughs> I was just like, wow, I, I couldn't believe. But the song is fun. No, it's very fun. Like mm-hmm. both songs are really fun. And the sad mannequin performance opens with like this guy with a curly mullet and he's like playing drums oh in God, a fringe denim, a fringe denim like onesie. It was so 1990. It was just like so 1990. And the yeah. moves. And he like did a lot of jump splits and like literal flips. And it was like. And just... then there's one part where he, I can't remember which one it was in, but there's one part in one of those choreos where he literally lays down on the ground in a way that it looks like he kind of tripped landed on his back and then just decided not to, to stay get there for a bit like he was just like ugh, like he was done and then the wawa comes and grabs his legs and like flips him over like it was all part of a stunt but it was so bananas yeah there's dramatic pauses in all of his stages in the sexy lady one he like fully stops for a while and like looks up at the spotlight like a Shakespeare actor and then like does a whole verse like unmoving like very dramatic and then goes right back to his cabbage patching yeah and I read that um him what is is it the Roger Rabbit yes Um, that is the move that caught Lee Suman's eye he Uh, learned how to do that from the military brats and Lee Suman was like that guy you've got what it takes (laughs) Um, so a fun trivia fact is that some of the Wawa's throughout time were the two guys who were Klon, nice. the two guys who were Deuce, oh. and Sean from Jinyushan were all Wawa's at some point. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> but Hyunjin Young released two more albums, New Dance 2 in 1992, and then world beat and hip-hop of new dance three in 1993 uh to pretty good success and he had another song called go jin young go and the chorus really is go jin young go jin young go and according to an interview i read the interviewer called it an immortal classic I mean, um, all right. It's very different from his... It's kind of different from his other two songs. And it has a really different aesthetic, too. For because sure. Because he has, like, a long hair ponytail, which he didn't have in the first two. And in the first two, he was wearing, like, slick, like, hammer pant suits. And then here, he was wearing, like, a jersey. He was wearing, um, like, an actual cross-colors jersey. And he had, like, basketball shorts over two more pairs of pants yes. and, like, 90s street. Yeah, and there's like a boxing concept to the choreo. He's like (laughs) punching dancers out. Um, So I think he's supposed to be dressed like, you know, like he has so many layers on because he's like training. Sure. Yeah. Go Jun Young, go. But anyway, (laughs) after that immortal classic came out, he got busted for doing meth. What was it with first gen people and meth? I don't know. It must have been like the hot, trendy drug of the time. I guess so. But yeah, so he got banned from entertainment for like five years for that. Um, He came back in 2002 with an explicitly anti-drug album about not doing drugs. 
then he did a jazz album in 2006. And according to his Korean Wikipedia, he has been a college professor since 2017. Wow. But something that I saw that was interesting in one of the articles, uh, one of the Korean interviews I was reading about him, people argue that Hyunjin Young brought American hip-hop to Korea before Sotaiji did. Because this mm-hmm. is pre-Sotaiji. And I think yes. that's a pretty good argument. Maybe it wasn't I as popular, so but it's But there. he was pretty popular. Like, he had... He wasn't, like, a, you know, a national, like, sell-out... Or sold-out, sure. like, kind of artist. But he was popular. And he was the only one who was doing this at the time. And I, like, mm-hmm. read this article that was talking about the influence of um, black Americans and K-pop. And they talked, that article talked a lot specifically about Hyunjin Young, partially because Lee Soo Man often credits him specifically with like, he, his influence is very important. And they, the article linked to this acceptance speech that Lee Soo Man had where I don't remember what award he had gotten, but in it, he spent a good like two to four minutes talking about the significance of Hyunjin young like bringing a, like rap to korea and like barely mentioned like people like super junior or exo or shiny <laughs> sure. or whatever like he'd like spend a lot of time being like this guy is important don't forget him and then was like and then yes of course like the hollywood wave took off with these other artists or whatever so his significant his influence is significant yeah i also even was- though he's not well known now I also thought it was interesting, like I in that um, Go Jin Young Go video, I said he was wearing like an actual cross colors jersey. And mm-hmm. so I did a bunch of like research into the cross colors fashion brand. And it was started in the 80s by these two um, black guys in here in LA who uh, used to run a, like a surf clothes store. And they were like, what if the way that surf aesthetic is shopped to people, we can shop hip-hop aesthetic to people so they made this brand and then they tried to get it on as many celebrities around the world as they possibly could because they were like the only black fashion designers like at the time like they had their own label Mm -hmm. so they were trying to like get their clothes on everybody and he was and so i saw in the korean wikipedia that like everyone wanted cross color stuff because hyunjin young had it Yes, and Hyunjin Young, like Lee Suman, took him like to LA to meet maybe those guys, but also to meet like with other black artists and stuff. Because he was like, there was an interview with him where he talked about how he wanted there to establish like a positive relationship between like the Korean people and like the black Americans because that is where he was getting so mm-hmm. much of his influence. So he like specifically took Hyunjin Young to LA because he was like America is the birth of hip-hop so like we need to go and like build this like alliance or whatever um so it's very interesting and it's interesting to to learn that now and like seeing how um you know the k-pop industry has grown and like continues to um profit off of a lot of black culture so it's interesting that like where it seemed to in its beginning in its maybe in yeah in its birth like actually tried to maybe include some black voices in the creation um and that seems to have gotten lost along the way but maybe we'll see a a, maybe it'll all come back back around and we'll start to get um more more black creators actively involved in the k-pop that they clearly influenced influenced yeah 
Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that was SM's very first artist, Hyunjin Young. And I wonder what could have become of him if he didn't do meth. <laughs> like, the eternal question. <laughs> if only he didn't do meth. Mm. The world may never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next company on our timeline is DSP Media, which was founded in 1991 and has since produced groups like Click B, Finkel, Double S501, Cara, and Card. But their very first group is a name you may recognize, Sobangcha, which re-debuted under DSP Media in 1994 with the single G Cafe. And you may recognize this name because they originally debuted in 1987, and we've talked about them before on our K-pop remade episode because IU has covered their debut song, Last Night's Story. Um, And they disbanded in 1990, but then the original members got back together and re-debuted in 1994 under DSP Media. And you found a bit of a story behind this. I was trying to find, like, the actual details, but everything on, like, DSP's website and everything said, like, after the success of Sobang Cha, they whatever. So it seemed like they started this company. I don't know if one of them was friends with one of these guys or something, but they seemed to start the company in order to get Sobangcha back together. Like, mm. I don't know. I couldn't find like more details, but it seemed to be like they made this company and were like, come on, guys, get back together, though. So that's what yeah. They I did. wonder what connection the CEOs <laughs> had to the members that they were so invested in getting them back together. But Unfortunately, and we talked about this a little bit in our remakes episode, I believe, because their debut was accused of being plagiarized uh, from Japanese groups because Sobangcha was like one of the very first boy groups or yeah. boy bands to appear in in South Korea, like with the formula of here are three guys and they're singing and they're dancing and they're making like pop music. But their whole concept was claimed, like, people said that it was plagiarized from other Japanese artists. Mm -hmm. And then their main single, G Cafe, um, was immediately pulled from promotions because of more Japanese plagiarism accusations. Um, So, I like, I don't know what this group's deal is because... They're all of the songs that they put out are fucking bops. Like, yeah, they're, they're all such great. bops. They're so good. Like last night's story is great. G Cafe is really fun. Their second single, Bye Bye, also really fun. Like they have this great, like, I guess it maybe it is like city pop influence, city pop disco influences or something, but like it's so much fun. And now it's just like, well, okay, if this is so great, then what's the um what's the original? What are we plagiarizing? Yeah, yeah, what did they plagiarize? Because <laughs> they've got something I like. <laughs> yeah, I ended up yesterday like watching uh like a whole one of those like NBC classic stage mixes like through the years thing that came on. It was like 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes of every single Sobangcha song. Yes, I did. I did watch it all. It was Amazing. so fun. They just like had this very like 
I don't know. They just like seem like dads or office workers or something. They have such like regular guy energy. Yes. But then they like dance really hard and like get really excited and it's really infectious. They just feel like Mm -hmm. a fun uncle at a wedding. Like, but every single song is that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The stage for G Cafe is so fun. Like the disco lights and the like CDs hanging from the sky. And And they're wearing like raincoats. Yeah. They just have like trench coats on and they're like dancing and the dance is really easy, but they're really good singers. Like it's a really fun, really fun setup. Yeah. Um, but they were short lived, unfortunately, because of perhaps because of all of these accusations. <laughs> um, but they had one more album in 1996, which was called Forever 96. And then they disbanded again. Um, so two of the members have since reunited in 2005 as a duo for an album called Man's Life. Um, and that seems to be the last that we've heard of Sobang Cha. Yeah. But a very important super early pop group that I feel like should get more credit or yeah. I mean or at least credit for stealing something and making mm. people if it, if it is indeed help, stolen if it is indeed stolen at, at least, least tell us who our it's stolen from yeah so we could find them <laughs> and support them sure so exactly. if you know <laughs> let us know Okay, next on the list is YG Entertainment, founded in 1996, and you may know YG as the company behind Big Bang, 21, Blackpink, and more recently, Treasure. Um, But YG's first group was a trio of boys called Keep Six, Uh, and they debuted in 1996 with a single called Forgive Me. So YG was started by Yang Hyun Suk, who was a member of So Taiji and Boys, um, and he founded his own label in 96. Uh, Keep Six is a... The name comes from a military term for mm. watching someone's... Keep your six sure, is to watch stay six. behind me, mm-hmm. like or whatever. So it was yeah, like, yeah. we'll stay behind the fans and always watch them or something. But also it sounds sure. tough. Because the first album is called Six in the Chamber, not the with an E, the with an A. The (laughs) Six in the Chamber. But when I pulled up this album, Six in the Chamber, and went to listen to the first song, to tell you I was shocked by what the song was, it's perfect boy band music. It's It's catchy as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> it is so, so catchy and fun. And the whole music video is just like six cute boys like frolicking on an island, like singing this adorable, like catchy 90s music. I was like, I have no complaints. Like, this is so fun. And then they do a little like dance break in the street. And then it goes like, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> and that's like the only hip hop element of the whole song. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it was just like such like soft, nice boys and tank, like boy band and tank yeah. top music that I was One of them was shirtless like, the whole time. What? It had all the key ingredients. It had all the ingredients, but then they had a second single called How that was a little more hip hoppy. Do it one time. Do it two time. Uh, 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 okay. 
Um, and I guess it was apparently slightly more popular than mm. the boy bandy one. But like for the stages of how they're wearing like plastic tracksuits and they have like little sunglasses and like, yeah, we're doing, and it was a little more hip hop And I know that one ends with them going, keep six, 1996. Because <laughs> it was 1996. Because it was 1996. Really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that one was less melodic, but the MCs of that show loved it. Oh yeah, they, they were like having cut to them every once in a while, and they were just like having a. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately, weirdly for Keep Six, I guess because they didn't sell as much as HOT, YG was like, "Well, fuck that," and oh. like. They never made another album. He debuted another boy group in 97 and just like put Keep Six on a shelf. Like they just were put away and they never did anything else. And I thought that was a bummer. That is a bummer because I like them. They were fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was the starting group at YG, Keep Six, Mm -hmm. a three member group. (laughs) The irony. (laughs) I know. All right, next on our timeline, we have JYP, founded in 1997. Um, I'm sure you've heard JYP before. They have since given us Wonder Girls, 2PM, GOT7, ITZY, and many more. But their very first artist was a soloist named Pearl with her debut song, which was actually, or with her debut album, Sunflower, mm-hmm. and it had a Korean version of I Will Survive. She also released another like original track, which was called Everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But oh my God, this girl can sing. Like, holy crap. She is such a good singer. Like everything starts with these insane whistle notes. Mm -hmm. Um, Pearl originally debuted uh, at 17 in December um, and her stage name was Jinju, but her original name is Ju Jin. Um, And all of the songs on her debut album are by JYP and Hitman Bang, um, who will eventually found another group or another uh, company Company. that we'll talk about. And Pearl released one more album with JYP in 1999 after Sunflower. Um, Then she left JYP the following year and joined Follow Entertainment, where she released two albums and four EPs between 2001 and 2017. She later won Mask Singer in 2015 and became the third Mask King. And I saw that in 2018, um, or since 2018, she has been working as a full-time professor at Zhonghua Arts university more professors on this list and she i she's got to be a vocal professor or something because holy shit her voice her voice is great yeah that the i will survive like yeah it really is just like it's just a cover with a kind of lamer like backing like the backtracking is pretty cheapy it kind of sounds like a like karaoke (laughs) like a bad karaoke (laughs) version because it's like those weak fake pianos and stuff (laughs) But the performance I put in the playlist, she was like singing it like so loud. But the other thing I thought was interesting, I forgot to put it in the playlist, but I found it when I was looking for her stages. In the performance I put on the playlist, she's it's like an outdoor festival and she has like shoulder length hair. And I think she's wearing like a halter top or something Mm -hmm. and like looks kind of girly. 
in all of her music show stages, she has like a fully cropped, like almost buzzed haircut, is wearing big sunglasses and like an oversized suit. Like she looks like she's in disguise as a man. Oh. Like it's very interesting. And interesting. she just stands there with the with the mic and like people in the back are like kind of doing little dances, but she just like sings it very seriously. And like, I don't know, it was very I was like, what an interesting choice. What a choice. weird concept. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the <laughs> what the um reasoning behind that was jyp i don't know Mm. yeah that performance did seem like uh came from like later in her career because the way that she like looked at the crowd like right before i will survive like and she's like you know what it is (laughs) or whatever and then then they yeah (laughs) that was fun um yeah that's jyp okay next is Wulim entertainment and Wulim Entertainment was founded in 2003. And they went on to debut groups like Infinite, Lovelies. Well, Lovelies literally left them yesterday. News. Oh, wow. Lovelies, not at Wulim. Uh, Golden Child, Rocket Punch. <laughs> but their first group was Epic High. Um, and Epic High is a three-member uh, hip-hop rap trio, uh, mm-hmm. Tableau. Mithra Jin and DJ Two Cuts are the members, and they put themselves in a group in 2001 and were underground rappers and rapped with like other underground rappers in a in a little collective called Movement Crew. Mm. Um, but Wulim scooped them up to be their first artist uh, in 2003. They released an album called Map of the Human Soul. And the lead single is called I Remember. Um, yeah, and Epic High is like very, they are kind of like known to be the first people to really bring like poetic rap to mm-hmm. Korea. Like, not just like fast rapping in a pop song or like I don't know they were trying to like do poetry and say things about the world Mm -hmm. like that's kind of Epic High's vibe is that they're yeah they seem to take both like in the rhythm and like cadence of the way that they rap and the like content of their lyrics and also sometimes the like musical structure of their songs they seem to take a lot of inspiration from artists like Tupac and like Biggie so they Mm -hmm. have sort of like the later like later different era of 90s Mm -hmm. rap yeah um than uh the sort of like H-O-T rapping yeah um hey hey everybody look at me yeah it's (laughs) not that we're saying something with our music this time um and it has it definitely has like a smoother like higher quality feel Mm -hmm. to it I felt like their debut I remember would fit just like perfectly with on any like 90s hip-hop station um because they have that like female chorus and it's like very good Mm-hmm. hip-hop r&b style music yeah the music video for that one's like it's like sepia toned and they're walking mm-hmm. through a neighborhood and kids are playing and they're remembering what it was like when they were kids and you it's know pretty it's wholesome. serious because there's a filter <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um but like uh epic high's probably biggest album was their 2007 album remap remapping the human soul so i'm guessing it was a sequel to this Mm. one um and it was their most popular because it got censored for upsetting the man because it was like (gasps) 
about society, man. And so, you know, if you try to ban something, that will only make it way more popular. Everybody knows that. Um, But Epic High stayed with Wulim until 2012 and released nine albums with them. Um, But while Mithra and Two Cuts were in the military, Tablo, who is American and did not have to go to the military, joined YG. Mm. And then when the other two got out, they joined him at YG and they left YG in 2018 and are signed with an American agency, the William Morris Agency. So like they're not, they don't even have Korean representation anymore, but they still continue to do stuff all the time and they're so funny and Tableau's a cool dad and like, I don't know, they're fun guys. I like Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, Epic High is is all over the place. I feel like they, they have not at all lost their, like their appeal to the Mm -mm. Korean public. (laughs) All right. Um, next in 2005, we have Kakao M slash Loen Entertainment. Um, this is a bit of a, this is a bit messier than the other companies foundings. Yes. Um, but they have given us groups like Sunny Hill, History, Phi Star, JBJ. Um, but their very first artist was IU, who debuted in 2008 at age 15 with Boss Child. I um, are you... Go, go ahead. No, no, no. I was okay. going to say something about the Lost Child music video, but you should finish. Oh, sure, yeah. We get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I was just going to say, IU was signed in 2007, and then she debuted the next year. Um, and like I said, the company was founded in 2005. So within those first two years, um, between or three years between when they were established and debuted their first artist, something, I don't know, some strange things have happened. Tell us about this. Okay, so basically what I was trying to find, there's another one on here that I literally gave up on, and I'll tell you about (laughs) it, but I was at least sort of able to trace this one. So the company is at present 2021 called Kakao M, but its original, original iteration in 1978 was Soul Records, and Soul Records uh, printed language albums and classical music albums and then became like a distributor like a vinyl distributor for 30 years and then at some point in 2005 they created Lowen Entertainment to be an artist Mm. representation wing and try to do entertainment sure to try and like spread out branch out a little bit so then IU was the first person that they debuted, and then they did a couple more groups. And then at some point, they got rid of Lowen, mm. and they started Kakao M exclusively for IU. They decided that her career was so important that a wow. whole branch of the company needed to be broken off and just for her. I think well, there are a couple people at Kakao M now 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it was made like for IU. So she kind of like started and ended this company. <laughs> like it's hers. It's essentially hers. Yeah, it is dedicated. It is dedicated to her. Um, and she has done very well with this company. Um, she has since released five albums or since her debut has released five albums, two compilations, nine EPs, 47 singles, 22 features, 11 OST appearances, and counting. She's won 102 awards, awards, is an established actress, a very charitable person, and an unbeatable chart staple. Yeah. She's IU. She's She's IU, damn it. If you don't know who she is, what are you even doing here? The deep dive will come someday, but it will be a beast. Because she's really important, and she makes a lot of music. She makes so much music, and I feel like she will when she does like release a full album. Sometimes she, at least with her last one, she did she promoted like multiple singles off of it, and like she, yeah, she does like a ton of music videos. She just puts out so much stuff, I guess, because she has a whole company just for her. (laughs) (laughs) She's very popular. Um, So yeah, that's the Kakao M. Lowen story, as far as I could understand it. The next one I had on the list, I just want to explain it. Wait, so we did not talk about her. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Take me back. Take me back. Um, We've got to talk about her debut. I don't know how I've never seen that music video before. I had never seen it either. Because I've seen her shaky like stage. I've seen her debut stage a million times with the like whole orchestra behind her and she's Mm -hmm. just like standing there. And the like cheap looking dress. And her dress looks terrible. But I watched this music video and it has weird naked interpretive dancers climbing out of the mud. For why? It's very, very, very creepy. (laughs) She is like wandering through and she looks beautiful. She looks exactly the same. She's like in this, you know, like old like she looks like a Victorian doll. doll. She's the lost child and she's like wandering through the woods. And then there's all of these like male and female like dancers who are in these like skin colored outfits and who look like vampires. They're like, they're like bloodless and and, like white. Yeah. They're very, very creepy looking and they're like hot, like crawling after her and they're looking all very, very creepy. Um, and like at a certain point, her dress turns from like white to black. So I don't know if it has something to do with like losing your innocence. Or yeah. Whatever. Did they corrupt her? Maybe. I don't but know. it was creepy. It creeps it was me creepy, out. Yeah, you. Especially that like the very first shot of the creepy thing is like a from behind and it really looks like a whole naked butt. It takes way too long to realize the people are not naked because they mm-hmm. really are trying to make them look like they're naked. And they succeed. They look naked. (laughs) Very weird. Very weird. Um, But she overcame it, obviously. Mm -hmm. So good job. Yeah, to become the the absolute powerhouse that she is today. Yeah. Okay. The next item on the list, I'm just going to pass over it really quickly in case anybody says, what about that one? I couldn't figure it out. So I started at Stone Music to see because i know that's a company and i backtraced it and it was apparently founded in 1994 as a company called mediopia and i couldn't find anything about mediopia then they changed the name to mnet media in 2005 maybe maybe 2005 so then i was trying to find out who the first mnet media artist was but mnet media has been bought by cje and and they own like 15 companies now 
So I just couldn't find the freaking beginning. I couldn't find the beginning and I just couldn't bear being wrong. So I was like, I'm skipping it because I can't find the beginning of this company. So any stone or CGA ms I don't know. It might have been SJ wanna, SG wannabe. It might have been, but I don't know. Mm. So I'm letting it go. Yeah, that's fair. CJ E&M is tough because they have so, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those company, once you get into the companies that like they don't just do music, they have like a ton of other shit too. It's like, ugh, I don't know how capitalism works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I will move on to the next thing on the list, which is big hit music, which is now under a bigger umbrella of HYBE, but big hit music still manages... BTS and TXT and they used to have a girl group called Glam but their very first group is 8 which is stylized number 8 E-I-G-H-T but it is just 8 mm-hmm. um, this is a co-ed trio and they debuted in 2007 with an album called The First and the main single is Lose My Love and Then I Sing <laughs> Um, so yeah, Big Hit Entertainment was founded by Bang Shi Hyuk, who is also known as Hitman Bang, because he wrote a bajillion hit songs, and he was like the first staff writer at JYP. So, like, earlier when we mentioned Pearl, like, her whole album was written by JYP and Hitman Bang Mm -hmm. because he was, like, the in-house JYP guy forever. And then in 2005, he left and made his own company. And 8 was the first uh, group. And this is two boys and a girl, one boy with a really deep, raspy voice, Mm -hmm. a skinnier boy who raps, and a girl (laughs) who sings. Yeah. And yeah, we've gotten these guys before. We right? talked like, about them in the co-ed group, and I think we've gotten them in the random game. I think we game. got them in the like, random game, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember their name with the 8-8, eight, eight, but just but yeah, 8. <laughs> their debut song reminds me so much of, like, the Black Eyed Peas' Where is the Love. It's, like, mm-hmm. a very similar vibe. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, but they released three albums and two EPs between 2007 and 2014 and then as happens with co-ed groups the boys had to go to the military mm-hmm. um, so they didn't do anything for a really long time but I noticed that they did put out a single in early 2020 that's called Fooled in Love Again and you can watch that on the Big Hit YouTube channel um, and it's so very still nice around. yeah and that 2020 song is really nice the, the male and female vocalists are really really good singers i like that guy's voice a lot yeah it's really interesting it's like Mm -hmm. a very interesting voice because it's really like raspy but it's also so like powerful and full at the same time yes yeah 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 Yeah. it has a great sound so that's the first group a big hit eight the next company we're gonna look at is cube (laughs) founded in 2006 cube has since debuted groups such as beast rain b2b pentagon clc idol and more but their very first group was four minute a five-member girl group which debuted on june 15th 2009 with the single hot issue (laughs) 
have definitely talked about four minute before in order to hear a full recap of this group please listen to episode 107 our hiana deep dive where we talk all about where hiana came from um cube the company though was founded by former jyp president simon hong and monica shin in august 2006 so kind of interesting that they um that JYP has kind of birthed two yeah. rival <laughs> companies. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, Simon Hong and Monica Shin, you did not take your uh, positive JYP business practices with you to Cube. <laughs> um, I, yeah. <laughs> I uh, have to suppose <laughs> that we're missing quite a bit. Yeah, something some, happened there. Uh, business philosophies, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, we've talked about four minute before, um, they were Hiana's group and, and there's a whole, whole yeah. episode about it. But my one note, cause I put the debut stage in the playlist is I always giggle at how stompy the debut stage is. <laughs> They're all just like stomping so hard. It's yes. very cute. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And they are just like screaming their lines when they can. <laughs> very excitable i like it they are all right next in line is fnc entertainment which was founded in 2006 and fnc has given us groups like cn blue and flying aoa sf9 p1 harmony but their very first group is ft island and ft island stands for five treasure island and they do debuted june 7th 2007 with an album cheerful sensibility and their still most popular song ever, Love Sick. Um, I talked about FT Island a little bit with my husband in a really early episode about band uh, K-pop mm-hmm. groups, but... Their lead singer, Lee Honky, has, like, just a magical voice, and he can just fucking belt it, and oh, it's God. magical, and yeah. His voice is like nothing else, for real. Like, he is one-of-a-kind one vocalist. We got to see him live at one of yes. the Korean music festivals. Um, FT Island was there, and he he's just so, so good. He's a um, very, very good singer. Very good singer. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, FT Island is very popular in Japan. They've released seven Korean albums, but 11 Japanese albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that totally fits because, and this is based solely off of like the anime theme songs that always come at the end of uh-huh. like the ending <laughs> credits. You know, like the Cowboy Bebop ending theme. Yes. Like the, yeah, Real like that kind of yeah that is the kind of like hot like the rock pop of like dramatic vocals that i feel like ft island like god they give it so hard yeah um but here in 2021 there are only three members uh presently in ft island one is in jail the other two are acting now but the three that are still active members are in the military (laughs) so we are waiting for ft island to come back yes 
Um, but they their debut was incredibly popular. I saw mm-hmm. that they the debut won four end of the year awards, two mamas and two golden discs, including like best rookie and best new male artist. Um, and Lovesick itself won six music shows, including a triple crown on Inky Gayo. Um, and also, funnily enough, and weirdly randomly in their <laughs> debut year. They were the first Asian recipient of Blistex's World's Most Beautiful Lips Award. (laughs) That's really great and weird episode idea. Find the most random awards that K-pop idols have ever won. Oh, I'm writing that down. (laughs) Blistex Lip Awards. World's Most Beautiful Lips. I like that they gave it to the whole group yeah, and not all just you. one. You all get it. <laughs> Next up, we have Pletus Entertainment. Founded in 2007, Pletus has given us groups such as After School, Newest, Seventeen, Promise Nine, Pristin. But their very first artist was a soloist named Son Dambi, who was debuted as, quote, a female answer to Rain with her EP Cry Eye in 2007, which had a title of the same name. One album and five minis for a total of 13 promoted singles all together. Um, but her biggest hit came in 2010 with a song called Queen. Um, and she eventually left Pledis in 2015, but most recently starred in When the Camellia Blooms and was a cast member of I Live Alone until March 2021. So not quite the prolific career that Rain has enjoyed. <laughs> no. But I yeah, I saw a lot of, in all the Dambi videos that I watched this weekend, a lot of the comments were like, why did she never hit? Like, just a lot of people being regretful mm-hmm. that she wasn't a big superstar. Because, like, I don't know. She, like, had the, she had the vibes. She was, like, mm-hmm. skinny and hot and did a lot of body rolls. Yes, but I will say, like, at least in, in Cry Eye, like, the the choreo is not very interesting. Like, mm. I just wanted more from it. Like, especially reading that she was going to be, like, the female reign. I was, like, really expecting some choreo. And the music video is, like, her practicing it in the dance, in the, like, dance practice room. And then, like, her doing it by herself in front of this, like, absurdly large, like, fake CGI speaker. (laughs) And then she finally gets backup dancers. Who were wearing outfits. Oh, yes. Let me tell you. (laughs) A little bit like upstaging her in some ways, which I was like, okay, this is this feels unfair. But I also felt like by the time she finally had backup dancers, like I had watched her do the same like open leg body roll. Right. Like four times already. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need you to do something else. For sure. But Queen was a totally different, a total departure though. Queen yeah. was like a girl group song to me. And For she's sure. wearing like a little, cause like in Cry Eye, she has the sort of like boa, like hip hop girl dancer. Juicy tracksuit, mm-hmm. like 
kind of aesthetic. But then Queen, she's wearing this like crazy corset top and this teeny tiny skirt. And she does the craziest things with her voice. There's like a part of Queen (laughs) where she starts like... I, I'm not going to like imitate it <laughs> appropriately, it. <laughs> but I'm just going to like it. She's like singing kind of like this. And then she starts to sing like this. And you're like, what? What is happening? And it's not a filter because she's doing it live. And I was so taken aback. <laughs> I'll put it in a clip so we can. Please do. I'm sure that was a good impression. <laughs> Uh, but it really made me laugh. <laughs> um, okay, next up on the list is Starship, which was founded in 2008. And Starship has given us Sistar, Monster X, WJSN. But their very first artist was K-Will. Uh, and K-Will debuted with a single called Love 119 that featured the rapper MC Mong. Um, K-Will's real name is Kim Hyung-soo. And K-Will stands for Kim Will. Like, he will will do it. it. (laughs) Um, And he originally worked as a demo recording artist for Hitman Bang. He was his guide vocal guy at Big Hit. um, And he actually did debut at Big Hit with an album called Left Heart in 2007. But one year later... He went over to Starship because Starship was started by Kim Shide, who was mm. K-Will's personal agent. Oh, so he cool. went over with his agent to start a new company. But this first song, Love 119, uh, reached number one on the digital streaming platforms. And he even got second place on a music show despite not promoting it at all. Wow. Um, so people were into it. Um, he His voice is very beloved um, so wonderful he's released four albums and six eps for 23 singles as an artist but he also has 25 ost songs um several of which have been in the top 10 we talked about his contribution to descendants of the sun in our ost episode because his song talk love went to number one after that drama came out um so like he's an ost prince and mm-hmm. he is still at Starship to this day, and he renewed his contract in 2020, so not going anywhere. No, I mean, if it's started by his agent, he probably has a really good relationship <laughs> with the CEO. And, like, K-Will, I feel like, is such a well-established artist that moving to Starship was the best thing he ever did. Like, yeah. He's, I feel like he is such a, um, like, comfortably successful person. Like, <laughs> everything he puts out, it, like, people like. Because yeah. he's just such a good singer and he makes like such pleasant, like kind of R&B inspired music. Um, and yeah, it was lovely. I did not expect <laughs> the music video for that Dots OST to be in the playlist. I got like war flashbacks when it started. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that show. I haven't thought about it in a long time. 
All right, almost to the end of our playlist. Second to last, but not least, in third order only. Third to last. No, oh, you're right. Third. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Excuse me. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Close to the end, but no less important, we have WM Entertainment, which was founded in 2008 um, and later bought in by RBW in 2021. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> they but don't they did. exist <laughs> anymore, but they did for a while. And while they did, they gave us B1A4, Oh My Girl, On and Off. Um, but their very first artist was a male soloist named Tegun who debuted in 2009 with a song called Call Me. Yeah, this song, I mean, I feel like I want to let you take it away <laughs> with, with Tegun's um, bio or whatever I mean, we have. It was because baffling. Yeah, tell us about it. Okay, so I looked, I started looking up this guy, and immediately everything in his Wikipedia was like tinged with such negativity. And I was like, I don't, the way this is being described is so strange. So I like followed all of the source articles, and they were just as negative as the whole Wikipedia. So, like, I don't know, this guy just like had a sob story. And his whole thing was that he was on a 2005 show called Battle Shinwa, mm -hmm. which I need to find out more about. And he was the last person, like, he was the one voted out before the winners. Or, you know, like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. right like, there runner the up. Mm -hmm. And then, per an interview, his debut interview, he then said that he went on to fail, quote, hundreds of auditions for other companies for wow. four years and that at all of these auditions people kept telling him that he was fat and ugly so then he like became anorexic and then still couldn't keep the 10 kilograms off that he wanted to and he was like mm, working hard he also had a shaved head during like battle shinwa and stuff because he said that he wasn't going to let his hair grow until he achieved his dream just intense. Yikes. Just very intense. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> he eventually felt like his dream came true when he debuted because he did not have a shaved head. Yeah. Me. He has like rain hair. He really does look like rain. Yeah. They So it, the debut music video comes out and people are like, oh, this guy has rain vibes. And mm -hmm. he also got Jaejung from TVXQ to star in the music video. So like yes. leg up there. He and Jaejung are very good friends. Such good friends that Taegun has to the press said, don't ask me about Jaejung anymore because it's all you ever want to talk about and I'm tired of it. Well. <laughs> um, but then apparently after this song people were like fine with the song thought he was cool and then somebody uploaded an MR removed video where it was like no backing vocals and it was apparently super terrible so then in this interview I read he then said he reached out to a senior singer named Hui Sung and was like I'm bad at singing and everyone's mad at me so then Weesung made him sing his song, Call Me, quote, thousands of times and send him a voice memo like every time. And he would like always respond with notes or whatever. Wow. 
And the guy also said in the interview, like someone was like, well, criticism must be hard. And he was like, I read every single comment about me on the internet and it hurts my feelings a lot. But how am I supposed to get better? Yikes. Yikes. So then I read the, and then, and then I don't know. They released three albums for this guy in 2009. Like he debuted in January, summer album, winter album. Has a Japanese concert, like, last week of December. The company's like, we're going to put him in a movie. And then the dude fell off the face of the earth. Like, I could not find a single piece of information about him from then on. I found... Did you? A suspicion. A suspicion. It's an unconfirmed medicine rumor. Because there was, in 2010, a very large drug bust that rounded (gasps) up 28 people on charges of meth and marijuana use more meth these 28 people had apparently been supplied by their english teacher who got (laughs) deported and one of them was described as a 24 year old singer but obviously like all of the people's like they were he was Uh yeah the alias was mr kim right but based on the details of this that were released, medicines put it together that they think it was Tegun. And I could not find a confirmation, but it would explain. But it would make sense because it seemed crazy that there was just like mm-hmm. nothing. So much info. Yeah. Especially because the last like official thing I could see was all this shit about him like getting cast in a movie or going to be in a drama. And then I couldn't find anything about the thing that he was supposedly in. So I was like, did this not ever come out? And maybe it didn't if he went to jail. Yeah. I don't know. But I I just, I wonder, I just hoped that wherever he is, I hope he is okay and not reading comments about himself on the internet anymore. Because like, I don't know, everything (laughs) I read about him stressed me out. Oh, don't read those. (laughs) They're bad for your health. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now we're on the second to last one. All right. This is RBW Entertainment. They're who just bought WM Entertainment. Um, and they've given us groups like Mamamoo, One Us, One We, Purple Kiss. But their very first group was called Phantom. Uh, and this was a three-member hip-hop trio that was also co-managed by Brand New Music. Mm. And they debuted in September 2011 with a song called hole in your face so fucked up no <laughs> no the members of this group are named Kigan, Sanchez and Hanhe and Hanhe is a cast member of Amazing Saturday so like you might yes. know him from that but apparently Kigan and Sanchez had debuted as underground rappers previously. And Hanhe was supposed to be in Block B. Like he was supposed to debut in Block B, but then did not for some reason. Mm. Um, but this Hole in Your Face music video was a band because it featured a woman being shot in the face. So they had to take it down and re-upload it without the woman getting shot in the face. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, that is so intense. The name, it's the title itself is already intense. Yeah. And then the quote-unquote clean version of the music video, like, 
the members are the ones that are holding the gun in this woman's face. So that means that like, like he's singing and holding this gun in her face while she's like crying. And it's very upsetting. And like, why would you feature your boy group member? I mean, I guess they're a hip hop member, but whatever. Why would you feature the members like shooting a woman in the face? Yeah, I don't know. But the song itself, the the music was, yeah, it was lovely. It was kind of lovely. lovely. Like (laughs) they had really good vocals and I liked the like techno swoopy piano thing Mm -hmm. that was happening in the song. And like, I, I liked the song. If I had just heard it with no visuals, I would have been like, oh, this is so pleasant. Yeah. And then I found another single from their second album called Burning. I'm burning down. And, like, again, it was, like, a kind of violent, like, music video. They're, like, on fire and, like, shit is weird and everyone's, like, screaming and scared. But the song is, again, like, really pretty and none Mm -hmm. of it says hip-hop trio to me. It's, like, nice melodic music and none of it is saying, like, Mm hip-hop. So I don't get it. It's more, like, pop rock to me with some, like, spoken elements to it. It it didn't say hip-hop to me either. But Phantom released 12 singles between 2011 and 2015 and disbanded in 2017. And the members went their own ways. Good luck to them, whoever they are, wherever they may be. All right. Last but not least, we have Fantagio, which was founded in 2011. And this is a company that mostly represents actors and actresses. They really only have like Astro and Wikimiki as their main idol groups. But their very first group was a girl group named Hello Venus. Um, and this was actually a joint venture with Pledis um, to debut a six member girl group. And they debuted with their first album in May 2012 with the title song Venus. We talked more about them in our K-pop curtailed episode as they are the shortest lived group at Fantagio because the only other groups that they have are still around. Um, (laughs) But this is a group that like started out with a really cute and innocent concept. Like Venus is a very fun song that kind of has like wonder girl vibes. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Wonder girl vibes. Yeah. Like that with the like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the kind of like, like like please be my baby. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has that same kind of bop to it. And then their, like, follow-up release was immediately, like, so sexy. And it was just, like, all butts and, like, short Mm -hmm. shorts and body rolls and booty rolls and wiggle, 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 wiggle. (laughs) Um, And so just, like, really snapped to a different a different side of the spectrum um but the pledis contract ended in 2014 so they just took the members back um and then fantagio added two more um and tried to keep going um so they eventually released five eps for 11 promoted singles and then disbanded in 2019 yep but I mean, all of their songs were bops. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as the brave, Bro- as soon as Brave Brothers, not the it's a guy, I can't ever yeah, forget yeah, that. I know, as soon as too. Brave Brothers got involved, 
then it just got so lewd. Mm -hmm. And then they like only made the music videos that show up on those like banned 18 plus music video lists. But hey, yeah, some people just want butts in their K-pop and I can't be mad at it. But, you know, that's what they that's what Hello Venus did. (laughs) It is what they did. But they did have really fun, catchy songs. I feel like. Groups like Hello Venus and Nine Muses and Girls Day, like they had really good songs, but they just ended up being like kind of short lived groups. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's such a shame. Yeah. Shame. Mm -hmm. But anyway, on that note of shame, that's the end of our list. (laughs) Those are a bunch of people who started their companies. Yes, they helped establish. Many of the companies that are still around today, still churning out um, and promoting very important K-pop staples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and listen to some of their music if you enjoyed any of that. All the things we referenced are in a playlist on the YouTube. And we'll be right back with the random game. All right, we are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a second gen boy group that like I'm aware of, but also completely ignorant about. Yes. And that is Zaya or Z-A. We couldn't find what the pronunciation is other than you're not supposed to say it like brown eyed girls. Jaya. Jaya. That's all I know. Yeah. So how do you say it? We don't know. But they are also known as Children of Empire um, because they are from a company called Star Empire Entertainment. They're a nine-member group that debuted in 2010. And some of these members we've definitely come across before. For example, Kwang Hee is a um, very recognizable variety face. Currently hosting Weekly Idol. Currently hosting Weekly Idol, and he was on To the Beautiful You, which was one of the first dramas that we watched. Um, And a few of the other boys are, like, prominent actors as well. Um, There are nine of them, so (laughs) they've had a variety of of, uh, individual successes. Uh, but they debuted with a song called Mazel Tov, which we've watched on this show. Um, yes. Whenever it was that we had Patreon listener picks, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we, we had watched a, a Mazel Tov stage. Yeah, you guys sent us things that we just had to see for literally whatever reason you wanted. Um, and someone sent us their debut stage, which was very fun. Um, but, like, they seem to do a whole lot in the very... Like, it seems like they did a lot in the few years that they were around, but Mm -hmm. also there's, like, not that much music, and a lot of it was in Japan. Yes, they have. um, They debuted in Japan very quickly after they debuted in um, Korea, and their Korean debut, Mazel Tov, was successful. Like, went to number one on a couple of charts the day it debuted. Um, And then, so, a few months later, they also debuted in Japan, which went to number three on the Oricon uh, daily chart. So, they had some pretty good success in Japan. It seems like they did a lot of different things in Japan. Um, Mm -hmm. They were in a Japanese-Korean collaborative movie. Um, They released, like, a couple different albums in Japan, and one of the members was even in a subunit that included two Japanese artists. So it was like he was a Korean artist and the other two members of the group were Japanese. So definitely a lot of international activities for Z-E colon A. 
<laughs> yeah, they like did so many like concerts and tours, but it's like album 2012, album 2013, EP 2014, and mm -hmm. then and then not much else. So like I'm just surprised by how little music was released considering they were popular enough to be doing tours and tours and tours. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they capitalized on the number of members that they had because mm -hmm. they have three subgroups that are uh, directly affiliated with ZEA. One is called ZEA5, one is called ZEA4U, and the other one is called ZEAJ. And they all have like between four and five members in different combinations but then like i said one of the members was in this collaboration with the two japanese artists and then there was like another member kevin who was in a collaboration with two members of nine muses and their group was called nasty nasty they released yes. a song called knock which we talked and about we in love a it. poet episode it's so <laughs> fucking good still a bop to this day kevin um but yeah i don't know it seems like they just kind of like sent them like they debuted them and then they like scattered them <laughs> like, yeah now fly <laughs> to go yeah. do and be successful in many other things um including many yeah. many many dramas to some of these boys names yeah park young Sik, that guy is fine i've watched so halves of so many dramas that he's been in because i never finish dramas well and also i feel like some <laughs> of the dramas he's in like i <laughs> I'm sorry, like, Quaran was too hard to watch. You had everything I needed from a drama, which was beautiful boys in historical clothes and also out of those historical clothes many times. Right. But then your main love line involved presumed incest. And like, how do you Rude. expect me to stay Gross. on board with that, Quaran? No. no. That's unacceptable to me. I so, anyway. We found their most popular music video. It's from 2014. And then the song is called Breathe. And it has 8.3 million views on it. Amazing. I was kind of expecting it to be Mazel Tov. Yeah, because that song was fun. But mm -hmm. I guess this one was more popular. So let's find um, out. Yes, I guess we should just say that ZEA is technically still together. Oh. Um, they never disbanded? They never disbanded. On February 9th, 2017, it was falsely stated that they were likely to disband. But then the members themselves stated this was not the case, um, but that for the time being, they were focusing on solo activities and some of the members joined different companies. But on April 12th of 2017, Star Empire, their original company, Company, gave an official statement that confirmed they were not disbanding and they would come back as a group, quote, when the time comes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a so great promise. So we will just hold when our breath. The time comes, <laughs> so you when the wind on. is right, they will blow back together. <laughs> I love that. All right, All right. So now we're ready to watch. Breathe. Breathe. The music video. So um, press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, shit. Oh, dang. Wreckage. A mm. body. And like, what is happening? Very gray, black and gray coloring. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Did she fall out of a plane? What's happening? Yeah, was this a pl was this a plane wreck? Where did you get this mask from? 
Maybe we are to believe this is they. This was the closest they could try to do to a plane. To wreck. a plane wreck. This junkyard. Just some <laughs> pipes. Oh, glitter curtains. Mm. Ooh. Oh, I love a kicky dance. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I like this. Um, I like that both of their outfits are basically the same, but just in different color schemes. We mm -hmm. have a black and white checked theme and a blue and white checked theme. And also sometimes we're in a spaceship, it seems. <laughs> yeah, they're being like sweater boys in jeans on a spaceship. <laughs> and they're like tucking in the woman we found in the crash. Oh, are they aliens? Maybe they're aliens. Maybe she's an alien too and she crash landed on Earth. Oh my god, he's so cute. That's <laughs> the actor boy. Oh, are they watching her from the planet? He's like, he held up a telescope and is like looking at her on the planet below. Oh yeah, spying. It really looks like a lot more than nine. When you see them oh my God, all. that sweater. That sweater was so popular when I got into K-pop. Literally everyone had that sweater. I find that sweater like the opposite of triggering. Like, I don't know. It feels warm. That sweater. There's the a TARDIS. TARDIS. Wait, there's a, literally a Doctor Who reference in this music video. It just says Children of Empire on the top. Are they supposed to be Time Lords? Um, Maybe. That would be Kwangi. crazy. I feel like I haven't seen him yet. I do think that was the first shot we really got of him. <laughs> I love this choreo. This is nice. I like the piano in it. Oh yeah, the piano is a nice feature. Okay, what's with the the paper airplanes? Is she flying them or are you flying them to her? Are they messages from them from the space? I don't know. I don't know. Back to the wreckage. Oh, what are we wet. doing here? Is she having nightmares? Maybe it's a post-apocalyptic world and they saved her. Oh, like the last girl on earth. Yeah. Kicky kicking. I really do like kicky dances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this song is fun. Like, the boys are good singers. Oh, we never really got an explanation. Oh, oh, post-cred. She woke up. Wow, in his lap. Scandal. 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 Wow. Wow. Children of Empire. That was fun. Yes, very fun. All right, we've reached the end of the episode where we give a recommendation for something we think that you, the listener, should check out. Um, and I am not sure. I feel like the only thing I have to speak about is the Seventeen album. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't talk about it because we didn't have an episode last week. Correct. 
And I've just been like really deep into, I've been reading webtoons because Yumi season one ended, but there are 500 issues of the comic and it like ended in a awful way that I can't cope with and I need to like keep reading it. So I've just been like deep in webtoon land and I don't know if any music came out this week. Is it on the webtoon app? Like the it is the on the webtoon web Okay, great. I'm gonna look that up right now because that's how I read Lore Olympus and some other okay. Great I also webtoons. am reading the webtoon for Nevertheless, that smutty drama I was watching. Ooh, and they also have the webtoon for Sweet Home, that Monsters in the Apartment Building one that I liked, and I started reading My ID is Gangnam Beauty. So that I can do the opposite way of instead of reading something for a drama I've watched, I want to read, read something it, first and, and then, then check the, the drama, drama out. Nice. Nice. So that's not really K-pop related, but um, Webtoon app if you want to read some Webtoons. They I let you love... read a couple issues for free or you can be like me and give them money. I calculated that it's going to cost me $147 to read all of Yumi and I might just do it because I'm impatient AF. Yeah, I mean, they let you read. It kind of depends on um, how many, like, issues the episode, the pod, the, the pod, what am I saying? The, the comic the has comic already has. put out. So, like, if it's, like, Yumi cells and they have, like, hundreds, you can read up to, like, 50 and then... Yeah, and then they start limiting you per day. But then with something like like Lore Olympus, which is a, not Korean at all, but just something that is on that show, um, like you can read all of that, like right? Because ah. there's not that there's not as many as you mean. There's only like there's over a hundred, but less than two hundred. So like depending on how long the comic is, they will let you read like some or all uh, of it for uh, free. And then if you like pay, you can sometimes get like the next couple issues early otherwise they release like one a week so there's a lot of free content on it you don't have to pay for it oh yeah i know i'm just terribly impatient oh no i just mean like for the listeners like it, oh yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of free content on there like so you don't have to pay for this recommendation yeah <laughs> but anyway that's what I I've like been doing. It. But back to the K-pop. 17's new album is very good, guys. It's very good. <laughs> and I would just like to take a moment to say to whomever the idol or industry professional or K-pop gods are listening to our ramblings and taking notes mm-hmm. and then putting it into reality, I fucking thank you. Because yeah. they gave us exactly the hip-hop unit song i oh was God. asking for like oh my excuse God. That's me that's my favorite song on the it's album. my favorite song on the album and it like after okay because the last hip-hop unit song we got was game boy and y'all mm-hmm. heard me talk a mad mm-hmm. shit about game boy <laughs> because that song i thought was garbage Not and good. also yeah. kind of a joke And I said on this podcast, why can't they just sing to me? Hip Hop Unit has such beautiful voices. Just sing me a nice song. And then they they did. (laughs) And it's so lovely. And as Coops, you have Escooped my heart out. Escoop star of the album. Star of the album, Escoops. 
I think, star of the album because his like freaking at little soft outro in Rock With You is so beautiful. God tier. It like tears at your heart. It really does. And then the the hip hop unit song is called I Can't Run Away. And he has just like he is a really good singer and he loves to sing. Like if you've ever watched Seventeen do karaoke, Coops is always in the ballad room and he literally mm-hmm. just sits on the couch and like croons ballads for hours. And like he finally got to sing a ballad on his own album and he sounds beautiful. So S. Coops, you're doing great, baby. Yeah, you're doing great. He's doing amazing. And another like great check. Thank you from the K-pop gods. Vernon and Joshua made me a Jonas Brothers song. An early Disney Channel. A fully <laughs> a Jonas English, Brothers song. whiny, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Jonas Brothers track. Don't need you anymore. <laughs> I want everybody who was making TikToks to Olivia Rodrigo videos to be making two minus one videos yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joshua Hong lies and says that he's been drinking all day. It's a great time. It's a great time. I know. What a liar. What a little liar. Um, Yeah. And I also really love, I would say aside from the unit tracks, which Can't Run Away is definitely my favorite um, because it is exactly what I've been begging for. But also Crush is an incredible B-side. I Mm. really, really like it. It's super fun and sexy. And like, who doesn't want to hear Seventeen say that? You're my crush. I got, I got a, crush a crush on, on you. you. I mean, great. Thanks. That's all I want to hear. And the dance is really fun. I will say like, okay, so, so far the only videos I've been able to find of the crush choreo are from their comeback stage. And mm. in their comeback stage, they wore these like brown suits and these like big hats and they have kind of like a cowboy agenda vibe to the aesthetic of crush and there's a lot of finger guns in the choreo like a lot and mingyu (laughs) he loves finger guns mingyu does a wild fan kick like a rock kick. a fan kick a Tamian move style it goes up in front of his face he is what? more flexible than he appears apparently <laughs> i almost missed it and then jenna oh texted me and was like the kick and i had to go back and i was like oh my god the kick my one complaint about this, and it's like, it's not really a complaint, but it is a complaint, is that I wish the suits were better tailored because they really, most of them, like two of them have well-fitting suits and the mm. rest of them look like they're in dad's suits. I and because like happens. even the hat is kind of large. So they just kind of look like little kids like playing dress up in some, in I yeah. think a little bit. Um, so I do wish that those suits were better tailored, but I'm just like crossing my fingers and hoping that we get more versions of this choreo because I really like it and we all deserve. And actually my, I have two complaints. One is that the suits are poorly tailored and the other is that the whole thing is poorly lit. It's very dark mm. and I want to see everything that's happening. So no good. I will cross my fingers for a, um, a, a choreography, a dance practice, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, but the title song itself, Rock With You, is really fun. It's a different vibe for Seventeen because it does have like a heavier guitar and like rock influence, but it's still very much a Seventeen song. Yeah. Um, and the choreo has a lot 
a lot going on in it. They have already put out the the dance practice to it. Um, and it has like so, oh, so much, so much is happening. Like they always have a lot of stuff going on. And I feel like even more so. I now. will, I will say to be the controversial one on today's episode mm-hmm. just to say it, speak it into the world. I'm not sure how I feel about the rock with you choreography. Honestly. Oh, really? I feel like there are parts of it that are, like, really good and cool and 17-y, but, like, something about the chorus, like, everything after the initial, this time I want to rock with you with the good kicks, I just feel like they're doing too much like Mm. that there's like a move on literally everywhere like baby hold on baby hold on and like i don't know i feel i mean i know that one's like this but then after that they do like Mm -hmm. i don't know there's like a move for literally every word and i just feel like they're doing so much and i don't know if it like looks cool or if it just looks like they're doing a lot Mm. i don't know i'm not i feel like i'm not connect it's not connecting in the way because usually a 17 choreo i feel like just flows in a magical way that just feels really right. And I don't know, I'm struggling. I don't feel that way about the rock with you choreo as much as I want to. Well, so we're just, all entitled say, to our opinions. I will say out there. in the, in the <laughs> verse, I feel like the, the verses of the choreography are where the like magic really is yeah. because they break up into their smaller groups and they do a lot of really cool, um, not really call and response, but like one group will do something and then it like transitions into the other group. And then there's like this one move that's really cool where like, I think it's coops like does like a push like motion and that push like turns one of the members and it does like a domino effect that leads into the other group that is singing the next verse. So there's a lot of like really cool things mm-hmm. and there's like a, a Ming Hao lift with their feet I like that the I think lift. is really cool. I'd like never seen anything like that. Um, and yeah, it's really fun. And the choreography video has June and Ming Hao in it. Yeah. They're um, in all these videos. They were in the like beautiful band version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They must've filmed they a do bunch this? of stuff over the summer before they left because they are in, yeah, they're in the live version. They're in the, um, they're in the dance practice video. They're in the comeback stage. Um, and then they're just not in the like most recent music shows, which 17 mm. already took a trophy home. Already won. Already won. Fucking doing it. Yep. Unbeatable. Unstoppable. <laughs> My dear 17. Oh, you know what? And I'm also, since we're talking about it, I'm just going to say it out here because if you say it on the pod, it will happen. And it happens. Go ahead. Ming Hao is currently going. He's he just announced on his Weibo today. Oh, yes. On his Speak Instagram this to story. Existence. He is going to be in a cultural dance show. So the promo images are him in full Hanfu with a gorgeous waist length wig. And mm-hmm. like when I first saw his story, pulling it off, pulling it off perfectly. Looks almost exactly like one of the 
untamed characters so much so that when I first saw his Weibo or first saw his Instagram story, because I'm still kicked out of Weibo. Um, <laughs> when I first saw his Instagram story, I like didn't recognize him immediately. Um, and then, but then uh, Jenna sent us the the Weibo like promo that they mm. put out, which is it like shows him like dancing with a sword, and then he like does a flip and turn and like because like goes back in time like into his full like Hanfu. Um, and he looks fucking great. And I am just speaking this into existence because he would do great in a C drama. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, put that boy in a flying wuxia C drama for me, please. <laughs> put him on wires and he will fly. And he will fly so gracefully. Like, so why gracefully, was Wang Yibo so good at being Lanjan with his like stoic face and his like graceful moves? Because he was a dancer. Idol training. how could do it. I know, like, if you want to do it, I hope you get cast. If you don't want to do it, then fine. Do do what you want to do. But if you do, if this show <laughs> inspires you and you're like, hey, this was really fun. Maybe it would be cool to try. Please, somebody, put him in something for me. Thank you. From your lips to the K-pop God's ears. Whomst ever is listening, this is my next request. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I await, <laughs> I await with bated breath. Yes. <laughs> and with that call to the powerful universe, we will wrap up today's episode. Um, thank you again for sending me support notes at the beginning of the episode. That was so freaking nice. You guys are so nice. Um, if you want to join all of those nice people and be friends with them because they're very nice, you should join our Discord and you can get to it on our link tree, link tree slash amakbopod. Um, and you can send us emails or at amakpoppod at gmail.com. We're on social media at amakpoppod. We have a phone number, which is... <laughs> <laughs> 818 AMA K pop 5? 181 AMA K pop 5 is the number. You think? Are you sure? AMA K pop 5? 181 AMA K pop 5. That is correct. There it is. That's that one. Correct. We also have a P.O. box. P.O. box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. You can send us letters or uh, anything else you want to send us. Yeah. Um, We have a Patreon. That's how you can support us financially in this new girl boss version of our show. For now, until we we further expand the empire. Our empire. Uh, If you'd like Um, to support us. Patreon.com slash AMA K-pop pod. We just, we're just AMA K-pop. It's, it, I feel like everything should be AMA K-pop pod, but if it's not, then it's AMA K-pop, but I think it's pod. Um, we just put up a, our October episode. We watched an episode of Amazing Saturday together. Um, people have been enjoying that. There's always fun stuff on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, for those of you who like um, or who f- who have told us, you know, oh, it feels like we're friends. That's pretty much what we did for our Patreon. We were just like, well, on a normal Sunday, Shannon and I would just watch something together and talk about so it. So we just so turned mics on and watched Amazing Saturday. You can watch it with us. So if yeah. you want to hang out with some friends, 
virtually, go to our Patreon. Patreon. We got lots of um, stuff. Otherwise, we are here every week for free. Um, and we love you and appreciate your support. So thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. Ba, ba, ba.